Hey, everybody. Welcome to What's the Point, a podcast of Trinity Lutheran Church in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. My name is Heather, and I'm here with my awesome friends and coworkers. Hi, friends. Hi, I'm Hi, Katie. Heather. Hi, sorry, Katie. I cut you off. Ugh, I'm so Katie. So rude. Ugh. I'm the worst. I'm Tom. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Great job. Great job. We're off to a great start. Uh, (laughs) So we are here to start our next series. We've done a couple series already. Our first series was kind of a, why are we Lutheran? What's the point Mm -hmm. of of all of that? And then we did a series, what's the point of all the Holy Week stuff? Mm Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, all that. And now we are kicking off our next series all about... Worship. Oh, yeah. The people have asked, and we are answering. <laughs> What's the point of worship? What yeah. is the point? So we're going to start off today just talking about why do we worship, and then in coming weeks, we're going to talk about things like sermons and music, maybe liturgy. Oh, my gosh. I know you're going to be on the edge of your seats. So amazing. So... All right, to kick it off, because we know that we have fans out there who enjoy our witty banter. Oh, yes. Uh, Scooter, we're looking at you. (laughs) Right? (laughs) All right, so tell me about why. Why do you or don't you? We'll see. We'll see if we can do this without getting in trouble. (laughs) Why do you or don't you go to worship in general? You know, yeah. maybe these days, maybe in the past, like, yeah. what what draws you? What's, mm-hmm. yeah, what's good? Okay, so I have quite the worship history. Um, not really, because growing up, I didn't go to church because my mom was kind of the responsible one for taking us, mm-hmm. and she just didn't because she had four kids all within four and a half years. and That's not fun to take to church. No, no, we no. fought all the time. Um so I didn't grow up going to church. Um, now that I work in a church, that's why I go to worship is because I'm working. Um, but when I'm not working and I'm at a church or I'm at worship, um, it's because I just need to like reconnect with God, I think. Um, not I think. That is why. Because there's <laughs> not... Um, especially recently, there's not been a lot of space for me to almost like remove my work life from my faith life. Mm-hmm. And so being able to take a step back and have this time to just be and focus on what is happening in front of me in worship um, is always just nice and appreciated and needed. Um, yeah, but I I would argue, too, especially right now where I'm at in life, um, I've been, I don't want to say taking kind of like a step back from, from my faith life because I don't think that's correct, but just finding other ways to to worship or feel that connection with God. Um, so whether that be through uh, like driving in my car and listening to Jesus music or, you know, podcasts or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, 
Yeah, Tom, stop. <laughs> he called me a loser just now. I know. Rude. It's fine. <laughs> well, okay, so I but, feel like I should like preface this conversation with the disclaimer that like all three of us <laughs> get paid to yes. be in worship right now. So yes. that's like that's a whole that different true. thing. Mm-hmm. So like if you're ever somewhere else. You know, yeah. like when, when we're being paid to be in worship, it is a different experience. It is. So that's that's the, mm-hmm. the what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know. A something. A something. I'm not, not functioning at 100% today. But, but yeah, it's a different yeah, dynamic than mm-hmm. actively choosing to go to worship. Yeah. 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 And I think as a kid, it was a I have to sort of yes. thing. Like. I grew up, as I've mentioned in a previous series. I hear your rapper. <laughs> sorry, I'll just put it right in front of the microphone for there a second. There we go. Well, yes, I need cough drops today. Sorry. <laughs> so, like, going to church was like what you did. So it was more of a a cultural thing, I think. Mm-hmm. And definitely. And then kind of confirmation hit, and then it was a, a requirement. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Ugh. Yeah, that was the worst. That yeah. that right there though is for the longest time what made me hate going to worship like i hated having to go and take sermon notes and like pay attention when it's like required yeah you don't have right. an option. yeah yeah mm-hmm. now it's very different mm-hmm. now i enjoy that part but oof yeah so does the forcing make you enjoy it later or like this year in confirmation mm. we took out that requirement mm-hmm. i wonder what that might look like in a few years right we shall see. <laughs> I yeah. Well, I think, but it, I think in my experience, it made me just appreciate it more. Like not, not because I mean, there was still a long period after conver- confirmation where I was like, nah, church, give or take. But um, looking back, though, I think that's what made me appreciate it, and like learning kind of what the purpose of each thing. Mm-hmm. was or is rather mm-hmm. um so i'm hopeful <laughs> that uh these kids will come to realize that um if they don't they don't but who knows yeah heather what about you well you know it's funny i was just at a, a continuing ed event this weekend which i know i've been talking about it stop rolling your eyes um <laughs> But part of it was we started one of the days with worship, and it was a continuing ed event for church leaders. So lots of pastors were there and had this wonderful worship service with great music and great preaching and um, really, you know, different and interesting liturgy and all that. And I, you know, even as we're walking out, I could hear all these pastors just talking among themselves and saying like, oh, it's so nice to go to worship when I don't have to be the one to lead it. Yeah. And like, you could just see this look on their faces of like, oh, I needed that. Mm-hmm. Um, which was really great. Uh, but yeah, it, it it's a reminder that like, yeah, leading worship is a different experience than just going to worship. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, thinking about why why I come to worship, which is hit and miss these days when I'm working and running around and mm-hmm. doing all the things. Um, but I I think there's definitely certain parts of the worship service that I like better than others and that connect with me mm-hmm. better. Sometimes it's the sermon, not always. Um, sometimes it's the music. 
Not always. And mm-hmm. sometimes it can be different, like, liturgical pieces. Yeah. Like, um, at this worship service, we said the Lord's Prayer in a more traditional, like, trespasses, um, which is what we use at our early service, but not mm-hmm. the later one. And anytime I say the Lord's Prayer that way, I am, like, instantly taken back to being a kid because mm-hmm. I remember sitting in worship mm-hmm. as a kid and paying attention to how many S's there were because when the whole congregation is saying trespasses and like the s's always really stuck out to me and Uh like that was like a way that you know i kept my mind engaged Uh during that and so that's just like a really like i get this really visceral feeling at that moment where i'm just like oh yeah this is like the body of christ saying these things together and it sounds different when there's a group of people Mm -hmm. saying it um and so it just kind of hits me differently than other things. And I'm sure differently than other people when yeah. they, you know, hear that. Um, yeah. So I just, I like that um, there are moments in worship that feel like bigger than just that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. It's, it's all about the body of Christ. I like that. So might I ask? No. Oh. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for... <laughs> So what what makes a worship service a worship service mm. for you all? Because we talk about sometimes in youth ministry, like, oh, let's have devotions. And usually that's just a scripture passage, maybe just a verse long or a parable, something like that. And then a little 500 word or five minute nugget to spark conversation mm. or thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, to me, like that is clearly not worship. Right. But what is worship to you? Ooh. That's interesting to think about what makes something worship as opposed to just like a devotion yeah. or. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent sure that Tom has a nerdy answer for this. Oh, I'm sure. <clears throat> so before we like release that. Yeah. I'm going to say a worship service has uh, some scripture reading mm-hmm. and some interpretation of the scripture reading in mm-hmm. some sort usually yep. a sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say music. Mm-hmm. And then maybe some sort of communal something, mm-hmm. liturgy or prayer. Yeah. I was just going to say prayer. And I suppose it could be a worship service without a sacrament. So yeah, that's not, I guess, a, a something you have to have. Right. Well, and I was going to say also um, a community. So whether that be, uh, like just maybe us, you know, a few of you, or if it's a larger group. Um, but I think that there does need to be a community of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But I agree with everything that you said. Yeah. Okay, Tom, how right or wrong are we? (laughs) Okay. Well, it's, it's not to say it's right or it's wrong because traditions of what is worship, uh, span across cultures and time Mm -hmm. so what that pattern looks like is different but liturgical scholars i.e worship nerds who study this (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) katie are you okay over there (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) so they've studied some of the ancient writings of church leaders and one of those uh, persons uh, his name is justin martyr uh, he was from uh, the second century, so a long time ago. Interjection. 
Yes. Uh, I think it's funny that Justin is a name that has been around for like I millennia. Was just thinking that. It feels that? like such a 1980s name. Yeah. I was just thinking that. I was like, <laughs> wow, what a modern laugh. name. Justin. Sorry. That's all. I Justin. had to get it out. Go ahead. So modern. But if you want to do a throwback, <laughs> name your child Martyr. All right. Oh. Okay. Nice. Here we go. So anyways, he was a second century convert and he... To Christianity, that is. And he boiled down worship to just a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Right? A gathering. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got that. Good job, Katie. Okay, I'm, keep, I'm keeping count. Keeping points. The word or scripture. I said yep, that one. You said yep. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Meal. Oh. You like I partially yeah. said that, kind of, okay. but not really. Okay. Okay. And then ascending. Oh. Oh, interesting. Okay, so we're two, two That's four. That's it. That is it. That's what makes so worship. For Justin Martyr and his community, they left the rest up for interpretation, but a gathering, hearing the word of God, mm-hmm. sharing the meal of the Lord's Supper, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, mm-hmm. Uh, and ascending is what made worship worship. Interesting. So interesting. So if we use that metric, then we don't need music. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, community is questionable. I, I would assume implied if one is sharing in a meal uh, and gathering people together and sending. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't say how big. And does the word mean just listening to scripture? Mm-hmm. Does it mean right. the proclamation or the sermon? I don't know. So, so it's a little amorphous. But I think that's beautiful because it yeah. allows for a rich diversity of worship styles to develop. So I have a question. Does that mean that in in terms of of Justin Martyr and his pattern for worship, right? Does that mean that on our non-communion Sundays we're not worshiping correctly, quote unquote correctly? I think according to Justin Martyr, yes, we're missing out. Now, I think our pattern for communion here at Trinity yeah. is le- is like a literal leftover remnant of the Protestant uh, need to confess mm-hmm. uh, before receiving the sacrament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, But that also stems from <laughs> uh, the Middle Ages yeah. uh, and Catholic tradition from then about yeah. having communion a couple times a year because you had to go through a certain mm-hmm. amount of preparations. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Protestants less than that. And my grandfather, when he was alive, like, went back in the 70s, like, Saturday before communion Sundays, people would come to the parsonage and lay it all out oh. so they could be on the register for oh communion. Gosh. Super old school way of doing things. Yeah. Like, right? that was required? Yeah. Or... I guess. In that congregation. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. So a very old, I think, I think our every other is a leftover of that sort of style of observing communion. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But again, we've talked about this before. We're putting barriers to God's grace experienced right. in the sacraments. Mm-hmm. So I'm all mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. you heard it first on the podcast, I am all for communion every Sunday and every Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, no, Same. that's fair. I don't care how long the worship service takes. I want communion. That's fair. So, if anyone wants to participate in the altar guild, 
You can contact Katie at trinity-ec.org, and she'll tell you where to go. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do Katie's the gatekeeper for this podcast. I guess. We'll go with that. That's fine. Interesting. That is very hmm. interesting. So, well, you kind of just, I guess, said why we don't necessarily do communion every Sunday, but is there another reason like a simpler reason for congregations that are larger often time Mm, that's fair the congregation i grew up after my grandfather's Mm -hmm. literally was 40 minutes at the most Mm. because of the it was every hour yeah yeah. so eight nine ten eleven and twelve wow yeah and it was all to get people in and out of the parking lot (laughs) the only reason why well, and I'm and I'm pretty sure at Trinity, you know, there's a lot of time, which I think is, we're still kind of working around that framework where, mm-hmm. you know, you have communion first and third Sundays. So then the second and fourth Sundays are where you do installation of Sunday school teachers right. and you do baptisms and right. kind of all that other stuff, you know, yeah. where the kids choirs would sing. Yep. They wouldn't sing on a communion Sunday. Right. And that, yeah, it's, it's for time. Hmm. So. The more you know. So that feels like a really um, interesting assessment of priorities. Yeah, I mean, because as yeah. it is, yeah. worship <laughs> is about 45 minutes long. Like, yeah. heaven forbid we get to an hour, you know? Like, yeah. I can't remember the last time we got to nine fi- 8.15 to 9.15. Cannot remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the second service, I've seen us approach 55 minutes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Now, I will say, I have very vivid memories as a child of, you know, asking my dad the night before, because I always went to church with my dad, like, okay, is it a communion Sunday tomorrow? Well, first it was, are we going to early church or late church? Please Mm. let us go to late church. I don't want to get up early. But then it was, is it a communion Sunday? Oh, please let it not be a communion Sunday. (laughs) Because I knew that that meant that it would be longer. Yeah. And I didn't want to sit there yeah (laughs) because i was a kid but how we practice communion then speeds up or slows down Mm -hmm. our time right Mm -hmm. like now that we're doing intinction Mm -hmm. man it goes really one song and we're done yeah it seems like well yeah i want to go circle back sorry everybody Mm -hmm. i want to circle back to that sense of community being important Mm -hmm. to worship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i'm a nerd Mm-hmm. We know. Mm-hmm. And, we appreciate uh, that. Mm-hmm. So Andrew Carnegie had this concept. Uh, Andrew Carnegie was a, a Scottish businessman that came to America. He owned the Carnegie Hall. And founded a lot of libraries. Gave money to give to form a lot of public libraries. Wait, was I right? Maybe. Oh, okay. Okay, go ahead, Tom. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with it. So, anyways, so he helped right. b- build the steel industry. Um and, of course, made a lot of money. I'm not going to get into the ethics of how he practiced business because mm-hmm. I don't yep. know them and probably would be horrified. Okay. But uh, he had this idea uh, about creating what he called a mastermind. Mm. And so he brought together... Yeah, I know. Is anyone else thinking of Taylor Swift? Oh, no. that's a great song. Okay. No. Tell me about the story or the, the song from T. Sweezy. Uh, the song Mastermind. Oh, it's just all about how, like, she manipulated boys into becoming her boyfriend, basically. I, yeah, that checks for her. I mean, it, it's fine. 
<laughs> she was like, little did you know that I did this. And oh, my gosh. Made, yeah, whatever. It's, it's a good song. Okay. So she's really the mind flayer from <laughs> Stranger Things controlling oh everybody. Gosh. <laughs> All right. Anyways, Andrew Carnegie um, <laughs> created these things called, he called a mastermind. And really, it was to get people together that have similar values and visions and to learn and grow mm. together. So, Sounds great. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so like I'm currently doing one for football where it's coaches from around the country gather together. I don't ever watch them live because they're Wednesday nights, but mm-hmm. I get to learn from coaches down in Texas, in mm. Connecticut. I mean, and it's not just football coaches. There are dentists. It's just how to be a better leader and mm. cultivator of good things in people's lives. Anyways, mm-hmm. so this mastermind, this whole idea was to coordinate um, one of uh, the people he worked with, a uh, reporter. This, uh, his name is Napoleon Hill. He wrote this, the coordination of knowledge and effort in a spirit of harmony between two or more people for the attainment of a definite purpose. That is how he defined Carnegie's Can mastermind. You reread that. The coordination of knowledge and effort in a spirit of harmony between two or more people for the attainment of a definite purpose. Okay. And so again, I think really it's gathering people together mm-hmm. yeah. who have similar values and perhaps need a kick in the rear or have similar work efforts yeah. for something. Mm-hmm. Now, the one I'm a part of is just for leadership stuff, but I think we can apply this to worship in that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the importance of a community gathering together with the hope of sharing God's love, peace, and mercy for all people. Mm -hmm. And worship is just a way that we acknowledge that, are fed by it and each other, and are sent back out. I don't know if that tracks with anyone, but... I like it. After hearing Mm -hmm. that analogy uh, a couple of months ago, I thought, oh, so worship is... Yeah, it's a lot more than just a an obligation. This is an opportunity to ha- just reframe it to be more applicable to life. Mm-hmm. And I know that's mm-hmm. a common complaint. Mm-hmm. And it validates my personal issues. This is these are ishmies of worshiping in the boat, mm. like on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy a Sunday off, but people can't worship in the boat and have that be that there's no community that becomes a cult of oneself wait what do you, what do you mean worship in the boat i'm confused they, they go out fishing yeah people go out fishing uh, or okay. like worship in the deer stand because yeah, yeah. that's where i feel closer to god oh, i understand okay. i got it i got it I yeah. which like i i get it you can definitely f- feel closer to god and like see god around you in that sense but mm-hmm. i think i agree like you can't that's not that's not worship yeah like that's i don't know what the term for that would be but it's not worship right and i i would call that a general revelation of the divine's presence in the world and in your life but Mm -hmm. if i'm using the mastermind metaphor correctly it's we're not challenged we're not equipped we're not affirmed in our spirituality Mm -hmm. and so we could just be stagnant and Mm -hmm. well i don't know seems like a cult like i said i don't know (laughs) 
That's okay, so here's what I'm wondering. I'm thinking about online worship. Sure. And you're talking about this mastermind group that you're a part of, and that's online. Um, so I'm wondering, would we consider online worship to be, you know, to kind of fit that mold if it's only a one-way uh, like only a, like a one way deliver, like if somebody is passively taking in online worship or does there need to be interaction in order to, of some kind in order to kind of have that community of people. When you say interaction, are you, is that between like the people watching and the pastors or is it in between like all the people watching or I don't know because like at least on Facebook from what I've seen there's you know all sorts of people commenting saying good morning or like that was a really nice message or Mm -hmm. you know Mm kind of commenting back and forth to each other Mm -hmm. and so there's that sort of interaction yeah um but I think that's a good thing to ponder for what you brought up. So my gut reaction to that is that no, it can be worship. It's not just, I mean, (laughs) how many people are just consuming whatever is done in worship when they're physically present? Mm. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right? Not calling anyone out that's not singing, but I see lots of lips not moving out there. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But I mean, like, as a kid... When I was there, not wanting to be, but I was there at worship, Mm -hmm. I didn't sing or anything like Mm -hmm. that, but I was there. I was in worship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So does online worship count? I say yes. As much as it counts being physically present and not necessarily Mm -hmm. participating. And so we think, okay, so I'm going to, this is a big stretch. So get on your your, your sneakers with me. Okay limber up that's right i'm stretching um so we as the church talk about the real presence Mm -hmm. of jesus in the sacraments Mm -hmm. but we don't have the literal transubstantiated (laughs) jesus in the elements Mm -hmm. like the catholic church believes so if we are displaced from the body of christ as a gathered community and yet we're in a virtual space, might we say that we are present in a sense? Not physically, but in that virtual Mm -hmm. realm, are we present with the body of Christ when we worship online? So it's kind of like Jesus is online when we're having communion. Because... That's the, real the heresy alarms are going off Sorry. right now back at headquarters. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> huh. Huh. Okay, here's the thing that I like about the whole real presence and the way that like Lutherans talk about communion specifically, right? Mm-hmm. And like we're like, I'm pretty sure that Jesus is there, but I don't know how, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like it's basically mm-hmm. what it is. I just love that. That's like, I'm pretty sure. I I can't explain that. Like, I'm not going to try. Yeah. And so maybe that's the same thing 
that with like online worship or, you know, a Mm -hmm. lot of different things, like I'm pretty sure it's okay. I don't, I'm not quite sure how or why, but I think it's probably fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a a mystery to that and that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I feel um, like the more I lean into the mystery of faith and less into the like, I need answers for everything Mm. that that, I'm in a much better and healthier, uh, faithful position. Yeah. Um, and feel a lot more like a vibrant faith when I, yeah. when I can just lean into that mystery. So, yeah, that, go with that. that just made me think of, um, so I was sent recently. Oh gosh. Tom just busted a gut over there. Um, but I was recently sent the, uh, like Bible study curriculum for Luther Park. Okay. And I went through, I couldn't be at the in-person meeting. So I went through at least one day, but I think I did all the days of um, the curriculum for like the, what was it? Like day camp and uh, lower elementary school age. Sure. And that was one of the things that it really focused on is just let the kids wonder. Oh, yeah. Like, let them ask wondering questions. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have answers. Mm -hmm. Just let them wonder. And I think that's something that, especially since I read that, that I'm trying to also really lean into because, like, I I don't feel like I do need answers all the time. Sometimes, but not all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because the more you're wondering, the more you're engaging. Yeah. With with the text and with... With your faith in mm-hmm. general. Yeah, that's, we've talked about that with, you know, when I would train or do orientations for faith formation teachers. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things we talked about that, like, the kid who's asking questions is way more engaged than the kid who knows all the answers. Oh, yeah. Right. So, like, encourage them to wonder. Wonder yeah. with them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wonder what that bread tasted like. I wonder why Jesus said that. Mm-hmm. I wonder why the disciples fell asleep that night. Mm-hmm. Like, huh. Yeah. 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 It seems to me that the wondering and being open is not synonymous with, but is more likely to have growth. Yeah. Yeah. And not that it's all about growth, but development and change Mm -hmm. and in ways that are healthy Mm -hmm. while knowing the technical things uh, perhaps closes you off to the mystery and the wondering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe yeah, we just man. need to make sure that we have a really mysterious worship. Oh, ho, ho, ho. What can we do to make worship more mysterious? Mm. Probably a light show. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> what else? Foam. <laughs> yeah. Bubbles. Right? <gasps> incense. Like smoke and incense. Ooh. Like, could we bring that back? Can that... we have black lights and glow sticks? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cloaks. Let's get cloaks. Maybe with some, hoods. With hoods. And some masquerade masks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> is that mystery or is that, are we just getting weird? <laughs> uh, Scary. A little bit of both. I like it. All right. Well, I would like to thank you both for joining us in this romp through our wonderings about mm. what is worship. Yeah. Why do we worship? Because um, worship is just, it's a, I would say it's a, a thing that sets people of any faith apart. Uh, And so I want to thank you both for thinking about that a little bit today. And 
I think I might approach tonight's worship. Uh, we're recording on a Wednesday. Um, a little, a little differently. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see how this might go. I also Are you got jokes. Wear a mask? I've got jokes. No, oh. I'm gonna start with jokes. Okay, that's Ooh. fair. Jokes. Yeah, because okay. I think and the don't book of... give us the punchline. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> add to the mystery. <laughs> I'll add to them. It'll be a test. It'll be a test. Hey. All right. Uh, again, thank you everybody for joining us uh, this week. Um, for Heather and for Katie, I want to thank you again for. Uh, listening to us, if you haven't, this is your first podcast. We have two different series, as Heather mentioned already. So check those out. They're still good mm-hmm. listens. Uh, and we'll be dropping uh, another episode soon. And again, we're still going to be dwelling with worship. If you've got any questions, comments, or serious suggestions, mm-hmm. hit them mm-hmm. up to Katie at katie at trinity-ec.org. Yeah. All right. Do it. All right. See ya. Go Bye. in peace. <laughs> Oh, that wasn't the right one. It's okay.